Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Gokey, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 75. I've got to be honest, uh, I'm glad to be back in the pocket. I, I miss sitting out here on the front porch recording these podcasts for all of you. Uh, thank you for all of you who have given me some really great feedback already. Um, it's been, been really cool to see some people hit me up and just say, hey, thanks for being back. You know, missed it. So thank you so much for doing that. And, and then also, thank you for those of you who have gone on to Patreon, P-A-T-E-R-O-N.com forward slash front porch confessional and made a, a, a donation. I could really, really appreciate that. So awesome. Some really cool goodies are coming to you to, to, today. I actually finished up a blog and uh, it will be coming to you to shortly. So uh, thank you so much uh, for being a part of that. And thank you so much for those of you who are sharing and listening, downloading and all that good stuff. Uh, our passage today is Matthew 23, 27 through 28. It says this, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanliness. So outwardly, so also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in Ohio and in Ohio, I, I, my backyard was like Adventureland, Like it was like the forest. We had a bunch of acreage that was all around us, woods that were all around us. I mean, it is a young boy's paradise. Uh, I had so much fun in that backyard. I got hurt a lot in that backyard. I think my parents gave me a machete when I was 10 years old and just said, go chop something, but get out of this house. So uh, I lived this amazing like Peter Pan type life in the forest. I had made my own adventures, lots of creativity, but uh, we had an apple tree that was in our backyard and it was a huge apple tree, not small, but huge. It didn't produce really, really big apples, but kind of these small apples. We used to have so much fun with them. We used to stick them on these ends of these sticks and whip them at each other. Lots of fun. But the other thing I did was I would eat them and I would eat them to the point of, of sickness. It was kind of like, that was like my tree and I ate from that tree. And so I would eat these apples every once in a while. Uh, I, I would snap into an apple and bite right through a worm and its guts and everything exploded in my mouth. Some of you are like, oh gosh, turning off the podcast right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so disgusting. I'd spit it out and be like, oh my gosh, this is so gross. Um, but on the outside, it looks perfectly fine. Everything's okay. It looks like just like every other apple on the tree. And yet inside, something's decaying it, something's eating it, and it's making it unpleasant. This passage is very straightforward. Jesus uh, tends to speak to, to the religious in this tone very often, uh, confronting them on their religiosity so often, and he's exposing something in them that I think we need to deal with, right? Because it's so easy to look at the, the Pharisees or the religious and go, oh, yeah, 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 but well, look at this and look at that without really looking into ourselves. And, and maybe you heard that passage and maybe as I read it, you were like, whoa, you know, Jesus, like, relax. 
You know, what's the big deal? I mean, these people know the scriptures, right? They know the Torah. They haven't memorized. They attend uh, the temple, right? They make their sacrifices. They are really good people. They seem great. They're dressed really nicely. People tend to really respect them. They seem like they're such good people. Why are you being so hard on them? And in fact, during this period of time, they were held up as the elite. I mean, these are the religious. They are the ones that are closest to God. And yet, Jesus, you seem to be so harsh on them. Why? Why are you being so hard on them? Um, you know, these religious people that we read all throughout the Gospels, um, they cared more about their position and their power than they did about God and his people. You know, here's the thing. Like, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And you have to, you have to put that in the context of like Genesis 1 and, and of his creation. When he creates humanity, he creates them special. Genesis 1 and 2. He creates them with unique characteristics. He creates them in his image. We are his image bearers. We matter deeply to the heart of God. And like a really good father, when he starts seeing manipulation... When he starts seeing that that people care too much about their position or power and that they're constantly suppressing people, pushing them down, he's going to confront that. He's going to to come after that. And I I think in in my life, if I reflect on my experience uh, in church, the, the people who claimed, a lot of times the people who claimed to be the most uh, religiously stout You know, the ones that seem to have it all together. They read their Bible. They prayed. They were constantly like telling people what to do. Uh, A lot of times really angry. You know, they had lots of strong, harsh opinions. They were always causing division wherever they were going. Right. Jesus is confronting these people. Right. They look really, really nice on the outside with all of their deeds, with all their religiosity. You know, but they were dead inside. And Jesus was going after them, not because he hates them. No, they're his children because he's trying to pull something out of them. He's trying to expose something in them that is destroying them like dead bones in a cave or in a grave. He's trying to go, can't you see that you have become blind Can't you see you're hurting people? Can't you see you're suppressing people? Can't you see the pride in your life? But it's kind of a scary thought, right? To think that Jesus may be talking about you and me here. In fact, I think he is talking about us here. Right? Because what he's really doing, as I said earlier, is he's warning them. He's warning them, he's caring for them, and he's caring for us as well. He doesn't care about your titles. He doesn't care how much you give or serve, right? He cares about the heart. He cares about why you're doing it. And a lot of us, uh, we've been faking it. We've been faking it. We've been playing this game. Like we, we've been playing this game like we got it all figured out. But yet we don't have peace. We don't have joy. We're causing division in all the different places, like at our workplace. We're known as a gossiper, right? 
We're known as somebody who talks behind other people's backs. We're, we're not kind to people, right? Maybe, uh, maybe you're not kind to customers or maybe you're not kind to coworkers, right? But on Sunday, we'll show up and, and just and put on a show. And this is, this is Jesus going, I care for you so much. I can't allow you to live that way. And I, I've got to be honest and transparent here. I've lived my way, life like this at times where it's like, look, look, I sit out here on this front porch and I read my Bible and I read it a lot. Right. And I pray every day. What's wrong with all these other people? Why aren't they doing that? Why aren't they praying? Right. I'm doing it. Look at all the Bible I'm reading. Look at how much I'm studying. Look how much I know about the Bible. I allowed a little over a period of my life. I allowed that lie to seep deep in my soul. And I remember as a pastor, I had an admin and and, uh, this is at a different church. And I, that admin, we would meet and I would let her know who was quote unquote worthy of my time. Right. Because I was a busy guy. I had a lot of stuff going on. And so their problems are not, they're not worthy to have my time. These people are worthy of my time. And God ripped me apart convicted my heart. I became really blind in my religiosity, became blind thinking that I had it together. And he came after me because he loves me. And maybe he's coming after you. Maybe he's coming after you right now. Maybe he's calling us all out right now because he really cares about it. And he goes, listen, those things aren't bad. Reading your Bible is not bad. Uh, Praying, obviously, is not bad. Going to church is not bad putting a bumper sticker, putting a fish on the back of your car and listening to Christian radio is not bad. But it is if it is the thing that defines you instead of who Christ is in you. If you're trying to do it to bolster yourself up, to believe that you're stronger, better, right? Because when we pursue after Jesus, this is a moment in which we become weak. This is where conviction steps in. This is where we go, I need you. It's only for your glory. Our times of prayer are times of repentance, of, 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 of worship, of thanks and speak to me. Our, our times of reading the scripture is to, to, be, to listen to what he's trying to communicate. But for many of us, we are a bit like the, the Pharisees. And so the question is like, well, how do I know? Like, how do I know if I'm going down that very scary road? Well, uh, what ends up happening is you have endless justification about why you're right. Why you're right and everybody else is wrong. That's how you know you are, you are getting a, the spirit of religiosity, if you're getting the spirit of a Pharisee or a Sadducee or the religion, um, that you care about position and power, that they are what's most important in your life, right? And like I said, that, that was a period for me where, where I was going like, they're not that important, right? And I would have never said it that way, but that's how I lived my life. And, and honestly, like sitting here and like saying that over uh, this microphone, I just, man, I can't believe I did that. You know, actually, I can believe I did that. And I'm so grateful that God came after me and convicted me. And I'm, and I'm grateful I had good friends around me going, dude, the way you treat people is not cool. You think you're a somebody and you're looking at other people like they're nobodies. What's up with that? 
whoa, and had to get confronted with that. So uh, last thing, and there's many things, but uh, selfless serving to get something, uh, sorry, not selfless, uh, selfless serving, selfish serving. Uh, to get something in return. You know, like, uh, I, I think it's kind of like this. It's like your kids, they clean their room and they go, look what I did because I know you wanted me to clean my room. And then immediately after, and they say, hey, can I go to my friend's house, right? <laughs> they clean their room because they're trying to get something in return. They, these people are, are selfish servers. They're the ones that are trying to always get a return on investment for something they're doing for God. And this is what C.S. Lewis is talking about. When C.S. Lewis, he talks about how pride is the evilest of sins. And I think he's right. I, I think it blinds us into believing we know it all and have it all together. So this is kind of heavy, I know. Um, but these are the kind of things that I, I'm working through out here and I, I want to bring here. So what do we do? And I'll tell you what I do. I repent. I repent. God, I can't believe I treated that person that way. God, I can't believe, you know, I made my, I, I talked about all this scripture to make myself feel stronger, like I knew more. So people would look at me, right? Please forgive me. You are the one who defines me. Your love is the thing that guides me. And, and I want to be defined by you and not by some pious posture. I want you and I want people when they look at me to see you and the way you loved and the way you cared, right? Repent. You know, that's what John the Baptist was calling us to do. You see, the religious believed that they were above, uh, above it all, that their good deeds were what defined them. And, and John the Baptist called them out and Jesus calls them out and he calls us out. And when we repent, we resurrect into the grace that cost Jesus his life. But when we choose pride, we stay in the grave. We stay in a life that he has not intended for you and I to live in. And if we think about Jesus, Jesus laid down his life. The sinless son of God who could have stood before and said, I am God I'm not laying down my life for you. Like in the Sanhedrin, as they're coming against him, proclaiming lies against him, going, no, I can, I can take all of you out. He, it says he doesn't, didn't say a word. <laughs> so much humility. He lays down his life for us because he loves us. And he's going, go model that. But these religious over here, they're missing out on the joy of what it means to embrace a life of humility lived out in the love of the Father. So when we repent, we resurrect the grace that cost Jesus' life. That's a beautiful thought. But when we choose pride, we stay in the grave. And here's the thought. Um, we, will, we will either die to our pride to find life, or we will just spiritually die. It's heavy. We will either die to our pride to find, or, to find life, or we will just spiritually die spiritually die. And uh, so the thought that the question that's been working through my mind is uh, where do you and I need to stop faking it today and repent? Where are we like whitewashed tombs with dead bodies inside? We look all pretty on the outside, but inside the hypocrisy 
is eating us alive. He's trying to liberate you from that life. He's trying to free you from that hypocrisy so that you could live into his grace and his mercy. Father God, thank you for providing a way to be made right with you. Continue to cover the multitude of sins that cloud our thinking so we can truly see you. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.